In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, Word of God, reveal more of yourself to us through your presence in the Bible. Led by the Holy Spirit, guide our time of reflection. May it increase our desire for you in the Scripture and in the sacrament. Amen. Happy New Year! We kick off our journey through Year C this weekend, starting the first Sunday of Advent. And we begin with a passage from the prophet Jeremiah. The very first line is a phrase we've talked about before. The days are coming. You'll remember that we said the days are coming is sort of like once upon a time. Just as when I say once upon a time, you know I'm about to tell you a fairy tale, so too with the days are coming, you should prepare to hear something about the end times, or the day of the Lord, as it can be called. What's going to happen in these days, according to Jeremiah? God will raise up for David a just shoot to do what is right and just. Implicitly, then, Jeremiah is saying that some of the kings who have followed David haven't done what is right and just. It'd be like saying, you know, one of these days, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to get a good kicker. In saying that, I'm also kind of saying that the kickers in the past haven't been so good. Anyway, this was the case with the kings of Israel, especially with King Zedekiah. He was unrighteous, and Jeremiah didn't think too well of him at all. Yet, and you may remember this from an episode during year B, King Zedekiah was actually named Madaniah, but changed his name to Zedekiah upon becoming king. Zedekiah is taken from the word Zadik, which means righteous or justice. Zadik, Zedekiah. So when the passage ends, Jeremiah is making a wordplay with Zedekiah. He says, In those days Judah shall be safe, and this is what they shall call her. The Lord our justice, the Lord our Zadik. St. Paul is speaking to the Thessalonians in our second reading this weekend. And the major theme of this first letter to the Thessalonians is the second coming of Jesus. The people of Thessalonica wanted to know, when will Jesus come again, and what's it going to look like? Paul sets out in the letter to tell them to keep the instructions that he gave to them when he taught them in person. And this word, instructions, or parangelia, actually is a military term from the day. It means more like marching orders. So it's as if Paul is saying, for you know what marching orders we gave you through the Lord Jesus. The biggest debate over our second reading is in this line. At the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his holy ones. There are two possibilities for who these holy ones could be, either angels or saints. Let's look at the rationale for both. Some scholars contend that the holy ones Paul has in mind here are the saints, or in other words, those holy men and women who died before Jesus arrived a second time. This word for holy ones, hagios, is used by Paul in his letters in every other instance for human beings. And on top of that, it makes sense within the context that Paul would be speaking about people as holy ones, since in the same sentence just a few lines earlier, he prayed that his audience be blameless in holiness, the same root word, at the coming of Jesus. Yet other scholars contend that these holy ones who arrive with Jesus at his second coming are actually angels. Many ancient Jewish and Christian texts describe the return of the Messiah as accompanied by angels. We see this especially in the Gospels, where in Matthew's Gospel, Jesus says, When the Son of Man comes in glory and all his angels with him. And then in Mark's Gospel, too, Jesus says something similar. When the Son of Man comes in his Father's glory with the angels. As a last rationale for the Holy Ones being angels, a bit later on in the letter, Paul describes the faithful joining Jesus after he had already shown up for his return. This is in chapter 4, verse 16. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven, and the dead in Christ will rise first. This gives the impression that Jesus comes down from heaven, and then the dead will rise after that. Personally, I do believe the holy ones meant here are angels, but the case for saints is strong enough that it's quite possible. As you so often hear me say, we just don't know for sure. 
You see, in the three-year cycle of readings, draws most heavily upon Luke's gospel. And our passage this weekend is true to form. Jesus is in Jerusalem just prior to his passion, and after describing how the temple will be destroyed, starts talking about what will happen surrounding that moment. Jesus says that there will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars. Now, if this is a bit vague, I mean, just what will these signs be? We're not told, but ancient people often believe heavenly signs accompanied major events. Think of, for example, the Star of Bethlehem. The Magi had been looking into the sky to interpret the birth of a king and were led to Jesus because of it. Lastly, Jesus advises his audience to be vigilant at all times and pray. He's going to say the very same thing to Peter, James, and John in the next chapter of Luke's Gospel in the Garden of Gethsemane. Get up and pray, he says. So that's it. That's your Sunday set up for this first Sunday of Advent in year C. May this knowledge of the story behind this scripture allow you to encounter Jesus Christ in a new way this weekend. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.